All right, so we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 5, um, verse 9 through 11. You can go ahead and turn there um, as we get ready to start. But I want to begin by asking everyone a question. I'm going to ask you that right now at the beginning. And then when I'm done, I'll finish with the same question. Everyone listening. Okay. I don't want you to answer this question now. I just want you to listen to this question. I want you to think about this question. Don't answer it. Consider it. Then we're going to walk through, we're going to reflect on Hebrews chapter 5, verse 9 through 11. And then at the end, I want you to answer that question. Okay? Answer the question. Actually, we've, after we've actually thought about it and we've understood it more deeply, we've, we've realized the significance and the implications of this question for our lives. Everybody with me? Question now. Answer later. You guys ready? All right. Is Jesus your Savior and Lord? Is Jesus your Savior and Lord? Now I didn't hear anybody answer. You guys did a good job not answering. At least not out loud. But now we're in church, so you have to be honest. I told you not to answer that question. I told you to wait to answer that question. But when I said that question, when you read that question, how many people answered the question? That's it. Did you answer? I don't care if it's yes or no. Did you answer that question? I told you not to. I asked you not to. I explained it. I was very clear before that. I'm going to ask a question. Don't answer it. But most of you answered it. And the ones who said you didn't answer it, I question you as well. So why did you answer the question? I told you not to answer. It's hard not to answer a question, John says. Anybody else? This is open. Who, why, why did you answer the question? Bree. Because <laughs> you just thought it in your head? And it doesn't count if you think it in your head? It's hard to consider the question without answering it, right? You think about it, you answer it? Because you're supposed to answer when your dad asks you a question, you answer it, right? <laughs> it doesn't happen that way at home. Linnea. Oh. Wow, that's a good church answer. That's good. That's good. good job, Linnea. Hi. Oh, okay, he seconds it, all right. You guys are catching on now, right? I think some of you answered it because, I mean, that's a, it's a simple question. It's a, a yes, no answer. 
How can I not answer with a yes or no? Is Jesus my Savior and Lord? Yes or no? That's it. Okay? It's one or the other. And so I ask that and you say, well, yes or well, no. And many of us, we've heard that question before. Okay? This is not an unfamiliar question. It's not something that we haven't been presented before. And many of us have answered that question before. We've considered that question. We've thought about that question. We've processed through it. And so we've come to an answer. And some of you might think, well, that's a question you ask someone who's not following Jesus, who, who's not a Christian. That's a, this evangelistic question when you, someone's considering becoming a Christian. And I've already been saved, so next question, Britt, what's next? I answered that one, what's next? Let's move on. But as we've been reading Hebrews, and we've been studying, and I believe the question that the author is asking right now is that. Is Jesus your Savior and Lord? That's what's being asked as we read through this. And he's asking the church. He's asking that question of believers. He's writing this, this letter to the Hebrews that respond. Are you following Christ by faith? Is He your Savior? Is He your Lord? They've been saved by Jesus. As we've read, they've been rescued from slavery of death. Jesus is their high priest. They're in the process of being brought to glory. It's not a new question for them, but he's re-asking the same question for them to consider. We're in the same place. Many of us, we might have been saved by Jesus. We've been saved from slavery. We've been brought out of death. He's our high priest. We're in the process, as we've talked about, of being brought to glory through suffering. But that was the question that the author asked this audience. And it was not something that they needed to consider to begin their faith, but it was something they needed to consider to continue their faith. They're in the process, and he's asking them this question again. So it's a question that we need to consider. It's a question that we need to answer. It's a question that we need to think through. And we need to give thought to. And I would say it's a question we need to continue to ask ourselves. It's not a one-time question. It's not a one-time consideration. So through this passage, let's give this question a little more thought. Remember the question, is Jesus your Savior and Lord? I want you to have that in mind as we read the passage. Hebrews 5, the second part of verse 9 through 11. It says, eternal salvation comes from Him. He saves all those who obey Him. God appointed Him to be the high priest, just like Melchizedek. We have a lot to say about this, but it's hard to make it clear to you. That's because you are no longer trying to understand. So let's actually start with verse 11. Right in the middle. I think that's where 
we see this the most. He's saying, we have a lot to say about this. What's the this? What specifically is it that there's a lot to say about? And then if you step back to verse 10 to see what the this is, what, what is the lot that they have to say about? You see that God appointed him, Jesus, to be the high priest, just like Melchizedek. Then we get to verse 11, and we have a lot to say about this. We have a lot to say about Jesus being like Melchizedek. So what do we remember from chapter 5 about Melchizedek? Who remembers anything about Melchizedek? Trent. So he was a priest and a king. Remember, he was unique. As we look through all of Scripture, there's no priest in all of Scripture that was also a king. And, and the author has told us that Jesus is like Melchizedek. He is a priest, and he's also king. And that makes him unique. And he's saying, we have a lot to tell you about this. A lot of, you need to understand about Jesus being a priest and a king. Remember the role of a priest was to stand before God on behalf of the people. And then stand before the people on behalf of God. To be an in-between. To be that person, that individual that would go before us. It was a place of service and sacrifice. We need that priest because we are helpless. We are desperate. We need more than just someone to stand with us, but we need someone to speak for us. And so in our language and what we normally hear, if Jesus is priest, the way we typically say it is Jesus, Jesus is Savior. Jesus is our Savior. Jesus stands before God. Jesus has rescued us. Jesus stands in our place. He's our Savior. But there's more to Jesus than just being a priest. There's more to Jesus than just being Savior. It says that He is the great High Priest and He was put in this place by God for us just like Melchizedek. He was both priest and and king. There's two parts. And if we're going to understand Jesus as this great high priest, then we need to understand him in both roles. He's not just savior. He's not just king, but he's priest and king. He's savior and Lord. He's both for us. So I want you to think about the difference. The difference between a king and a priest. What are some differences? Salary. No more differences? A king has power. A king rules. Anybody else? Travis? Military power, right? Kingdom power, right? Like, 
Absolutely. In both two, two very different realms, right? Would you rather have a boss? Or a pastor? Let me ask you this loaded question. Who do you like better? Your boss? Or your pastor? That's simple, right? Which is easier to you? Yeah, I'm sorry about. Okay, which is easier for you? I should have used this illustration, right? Which is easier for you to accept? Jesus as priest, Jesus as savior, or Jesus as king, Jesus as Lord? Savior. All right, let's have a, a, a show of hands. Is Jesus easier? Is it easier? Is it, do you like it better? Is it more desirable for Jesus to be savior? Raise your hand. If you had to choose, you've got to choose. I'm making you choose. All right, and now Jesus says, Lord. You, you can't raise your hand twice. <laughs> it is. It's unscriptural, right? Like, Jesus just breaks down this box that we put him in, this way that we can understand a boss or a pastor or a king or a priest. He's both. And he's saying, we've got a lot to tell you about this. We need you to understand this. Like, Jesus is bigger than you think. He's bigger than you can grasp. He's both. He's our Savior and Lord. We are in complete need of Jesus and his help. And we are completely under his authority. That's his role in our life. If you look all the way back at verse 9 where we began, then you see eternal salvation comes from him. And it says he saves all those who obey him. So he's the actual source of salvation and then all those who obey him have this salvation. This salvation is not a one-time transaction, not a one-time decision. Yes, Jesus, I want you to be my Savior. I want you to be my Lord. It's ongoing. We don't just accept Christ, confess him, and then wait to go to heaven. That's not how salvation works. We come to this point, we decide that, we begin to follow Jesus. One day we're going to be in glory with the Father on high, but now we are following Jesus through life, through suffering, to glory. And this author is speaking to those who are walking through that. They're, they're continuing through that. He said, continue by faith. Don't take your eyes off of Jesus. Keep going. Don't stop. Go together. And he's asking the same question. Who is Jesus to you? Do you realize that he's your Savior and Lord? Do you realize that he's your King? And he's also your priest. You have to follow him as both. And in this process, we remain desperate. We remain helpless. We still need him as priest. We can't make it till tomorrow if he's not our priest, if he's not our Savior. And then we can't continue till tomorrow if he's not our Lord, if he's not King. He has to be both. And it's a huge 
concept for us to get. That Jesus is not one dimensional. We can't put him in a box. And there's so much to say about this. About him being like Melchizedek. There's no one else like that. This would have been something that would have broken down their perspectives about Jesus. But as they continue by faith, considering this question, there's a problem. Look in the second part of verse 11. It says, there's a lot to say about this. There's a lot you need to know about this. There's a lot to understand about Jesus, but it's hard to make this clear to you. Now why? Why is it hard? Why is it hard to make that clear? Why is it hard to explain to believers, to the church, this truth about Jesus being both priest and king? Why is it hard for us as believers to grasp it and to understand it and to live it out that Jesus is both our Savior and our Lord? And he answers that. That's because you are no longer trying to understand. You understood. You, you, you wrestled with this question. You considered this question about Jesus being your Savior and Lord. But, but you're no longer trying to understand. They could hear about Jesus. They could hear about His words. But they weren't listening. They weren't paying attention anymore. I've answered that question. I've decided about that question. Why do I need to continue to consider that question? Why do I need to continue to listen, to be ready to hear about Jesus? So my question for us is are you no longer trying to understand about Jesus as Savior? And particularly in this passage, and particularly for us, are we no longer trying to understand Jesus as our Lord? Do you continue to hear the Word? Do you continue to read the Word, but honestly, you quit listening. Do you spend time in His Word? Do you spend time in prayer? Do you spend time with others in the body sharing, encouraging one another? Do you spend time on Sunday morning listening to preaching, but yet... I'm not really listening. I'm not really paying attention. We have to ask ourselves that question. Why would we do that? Why would we get to a point where we no longer pay attention? Why would we get to a point where we don't, we aren't actively trying to listen and understand Jesus, to understand who He is, to understand what that means for us, to walk in that, to consider that? Why would we do that? So I thought about my relationship with my wife. Okay, I want to make this personal. I want you to think about a relationship okay, that you have with someone, an intimate, close relationship. Who is it you have the closest, most intimate relationship with? Okay, Horizontal relationship with some other person, some other individual. Get that relationship in your mind. 
I want you to think about and consider that person. Why would you stop listening to that person? Why would you stop paying attention to that person? Now, I've been married to my wife for over 17 years. This June, I will have known her for 20 years. And I started to think about why is it, and I confess, I don't try to understand her sometimes. All right? I, sometimes I don't listen to her. And a lot of times I don't want to listen to her. I don't want to understand her. Okay, that's the reality. And she is my wife. She has cared for me and served me and loved me more than anyone else on this entire planet that I've ever met. She is she's my best friend. She's the one that I love. I, I care about her dearly, but sometimes I don't really care about understanding her. I'm like, well, why is that? Why in that relationship would I not care? Why would I not listen? The first thing, it's like background noise. Alright, I know, Ismael, Isabel, you can't understand this, right? been married less less than a month, right? But, but Nita and I have had thousands and thousands and thousands of conversations. She has talked at me, has shared with me and explained things to me. And I know everything about my wife. I know, I know what she's going to say. I know, I know what's going to come out. I know what she's thinking. Like, we've just talked and we've talked and we've talked and we've talked for almost 20 years. I know what's coming. I can check out in the middle of a conversation and then pick back up at the end of the conversation and a lot of times I can fill in what I didn't listen to in here and just keep going. You guys don't do that, right? Nobody else does that, right? You don't, you don't check out. The next thing, distractions. It's hard for me to listen. It's hard for me to understand, to pay attention because of distractions. I mean, the environment in which we live in is not very helpful for me to pay attention to my wife. I've got four kids in my house, people coming in and out. So we know that. So each week we have a date night. We go out. It's time that we've set aside that we're just going to spend just the two of us across from a table talking and sharing a meal and just spending time together. So I can focus on her and she can focus on me and I can listen to her and understand her and she can listen to me and understand me. We know it's important. But what happens when we get to dinner? The phone rings. We get a text. Other things distract us. Other things pop up. There's another emergency. There's something we've got to take care of. Somebody needs us by tomorrow. What are we going to do? Are we just going to ignore everyone else? Isn't that rude? And we have to process through those distractions. Next is priority. So there's background noise. It's there's distractions. And then I don't know that it's always a priority. 
no es una prioridad. I mean, my wife, we have a relationship. Mi esposa, pues, ya una we're not dating. No somos I made her a priority while we were dating. I won her. She said yes. We got married. Now it's a covenant. She's stuck. I can move on to other things. I mean, I want to keep her happy. I want her to not be upset. But, you know, I mean, there, there's other things that I need to prioritize. No one else does this, right? All right. Background noise, distractions, priority. And then capacity. I mean, I mean more than just being tired. I mean more than I just don't have time. When I wrote that, I thought I can never understand completely my wife. My wife is a mystery. Like she, she thinks deeper. She thinks greater. She, she under, I, I can't understand my wife. There's no way I'll get her completely. I mean, women, they're, they're, she's so different than I am. She thinks differently. She, she processes things differently. And she doesn't make sense to me. Why would I spend so much time, time, so much time trying to understand her and listen to her if it's just not going to make sense to me? I don't have the capacity. My wife's too complicated. Lastly, selfishness. I'm focused on my issues. Whenever we have a conversation, most of the time, I'm thinking about what I'm going to say next and how I'm going to communicate my needs and how I'm going to com communicate my issues and how I'm going to communicate what I want to say. I'm going to listen to her so I can say what I want to say. I'll listen to your issues, but you better listen to my issues. Or let's listen to my issues first. And if we have time, because we're not distracted and because I have the capacity and because everything's just right, then I'll listen to your issues. I'm just selfish. Why do I want to listen to her problems, her issues, if I've already got problems and I've already got issues? I don't want more problems. When we talk, I have more problems. You guys, you guys aren't with me? You guys, this, this makes no sense? Your relationships aren't like this? You don't check out? You don't get overwhelmed? You don't focus on yourself. You don't get distracted. You listen and seek to understand the other person that you're listening to all the time. I don't think we do. We have the same issues in our relationship with Jesus. My wife is here. Jesus is up here. Okay? And I do the same thing to him. The most important horizontal relationship in my life and the most important and the only vertical relationship in my life, I do the exact same thing. Yes, I love Jesus. Yes, I care. Jesus. Yes, I want to serve Jesus. Yes, I love my wife. Yes, I want to serve her. But do I do it? Do I continue? Do I, do I seek to understand and to listen to hear from her? Do I seek to understand and listen and to hear from Him? 
Or have I gotten to the place where I no longer am trying to understand? Think about the same things with Jesus. There's background noise. Here we are listening to the sermon again and Britt could continue to talk like this and as long as he doesn't go too long then we can just continue to listen to Britt and as long as I sit up and as long as I keep my eyes open and we're just going to continue to listen to Britt even if he says something that doesn't make sense, makes sense we'll just continue to listen to Britt and I'm going to continue to sit in my chair and we'll just continue to what are we going to do after, after the service where are we going to go, what do I need to do what's going on in my mind I'm thinking about something else nobody does that right? Nobody spends time with God. I read the word. I've read this before. I've read this chapter before. I've read this verse before. I've thought about this before. It's the same thing. It's one book. It doesn't change. Again and again, here I am. I just can't hear it anymore. I just can't listen anymore. It's like the same thing over and over again. It's really not that incredible to me anymore. I no longer want to understand it. I'm with my brothers and sisters. They share with me. They encourage me from the word. I hear about their issues, their suffering. Tomorrow I'll hear from somebody else. Tomorrow I'll know about someone else's suffering. It just goes on and on and on and on and on and on. It can be like background noise with Jesus. We can be distracted. If you try and spend time listening to Jesus, just like with my wife, my phone goes off. My texts go off. I have Amazon Prime. I could watch a movie right now or a show. I don't want to fall behind. Or I could think about something else. I'm just distracted. My mind's all over the place. And this is really difficult to actually just focus on Jesus and think about and listen to Him. And there's so many things that I should be doing right now. And I'm really distracted. And I can't even remember what I sat down to do and what I was thinking about. And I just read that verse or I just prayed that prayer. And now I can't remember what I read, what I prayed. I'm completely distracted. Or maybe it's not a priority. I answered this question. I prayed the prayer. I, I got baptized. That's done. That's over. Okay? Jesus is my Savior. That's secure. He's stuck with me now. He's my Savior. Do I really need to consider and try and understand Him as Lord? Or maybe it's capacity. Maybe you open the word, or maybe you're gathered with your brothers and sisters to pray, and you're like, that makes no sense to me. I can never understand the word of God. It's too complicated. It's too complex to, to understand Jesus. Like, he's too big. He's too, he's too much for me to grasp. I don't have the capacity. I haven't gone to Bible college. I don't know what the Greek and the Hebrew is behind that. and It's just too much for me to understand. That's a lie. It's a lie. You have the capacity to understand. As a son, as a daughter of the King, you have the Holy Spirit. You have the capacity to understand. 
Lastly, it's just selfishness. I'm focused on my issues, my problems, my suffering. Why should I stop focusing on me and focus on him? If I listen to Jesus, I'm just going to be caring about someone else or loving someone else or have a burden for someone else. I've got enough issues, enough burdens with myself. I don't want to think about Jesus. I don't want to think about what it means to love my neighbor. I don't want to think about what it means to love God, to sacrifice, to care, to serve. It's enough. It's all I can do to take care of myself. Jesus is just going to give me more to do. So I want us to read the passage again. I want us to read it after thinking about it. Read it with that understanding. Eternal salvation comes from Him. He saves all those who obey Him. God appointed Him, Jesus, to be the high priest, just like Melchizedek. We have a lot to say about this, but it's hard to make it clear to you. That's because you're no longer trying to understand. We don't want to understand. We have made Jesus according to our preference, according to our perspective, and not according to His Word. We've made Jesus simple. We've made Him small. And I think we've made Him single-focused. What I've heard growing up, what I've heard in school, what I've heard in my experience in the dominant white evangelical church, is Jesus is your Savior. That's what's been focused on. Jesus wants to save you. Jesus wants to rescue you from hell. Jesus wants to give you a place in heaven. Repeatedly, that's the focus of Jesus. Jesus as Savior. And I think it's because we like and we prefer Jesus as Savior. It's easier. It feels better. It requires a lot less thought for Jesus to be my Savior versus Jesus to be my Lord. It's easy to celebrate Jesus as my Savior. When's the last time you celebrated Jesus as my Lord? He has complete authority over me. I am in full obedience and submission to Jesus Christ. We just focus on him being a savior. I've got my ticket. My, I've got my fire insurance. I am not going to hell. I'm going to be in heaven. But what does it mean for me to follow him? What does it mean for me to, through obedience, become more like him? What does it mean for me, through suffering, to be brought by him to glory? I just want the savior. To have him as Lord is too much. To have him as Lord is requires too much sacrifice. 
mucho sacrificio. As I've processed this, I've been convicted. Jesus, you're my Savior. Jesus, you're my Savior. Yeah, okay, you're my Lord. Jesus, you're my Savior. Jesus, you're my Savior. Okay, you're my Lord. I know it up here. I don't experience it here, and I don't experience it in my life. It's a struggle to acknowledge Him as priest and king, for Him to be Savior and Lord. But there's so much more. There's so much more for you to know about Jesus. There's so much more for you to experience with Jesus than just Savior. He's Savior and Lord. And you don't know Jesus fully until you know Him as both. And it's a process to learn to know Him as Lord, to be able to obey Him, to be able to listen to Him and want to understand Him. And for that to change your life and transform your life. Obedience is not small. Obedience is not simple. Obedience is not easy. It will impact every part of your life if you make Jesus Lord, if you treat Him and acknowledge Him in that role of Lord. He can be your Savior and it might not have a lot of impact right now. But if He is your Lord right now, everything's going to change. There's nothing that's off limits. There's nothing that He can't speak into. There's nothing that He doesn't want to have authority over. And so are we willing to acknowledge Him as this great high priest like Melchizedek? Are we willing to acknowledge Him as both priest and king? As both Savior and Lord? If he's our king, it's never going to be simple again. If he is king of this church, if he is king of this family, it will not be simple for us. It will not just be cookie cutter. When we start to obey, when we start to walk in that, when we start to understand, when we start to listen to Jesus' heart, and in obedience we love our neighbor, in obedience, we welcome the immigrant among us. In obedience, we break down barriers that have been established with class and race in our country, in our neighborhood, in our community. It is not going to be simple. It's not going to be straightforward. When we care for the orphan, when we care for the widow, when we have a heart for the poor, not just when we give to the poor, but when we share our lives with those who are broken. It's going to get difficult. It's going to get messy. It's not going to be simple. When I say, this is my paycheck, what am I going to do with it? How am I going to spend it? When I say, this is my time, my free time, when I want to relax, when I want to have comfort, how am I going to use it? This is someone at my door, how am I going to respond to them? Am I going to listen to them? Am I going to hear how they're suffering? Am I going to enter into that? Or am I going to close my ears and harden my heart and continue on? Because Jesus is my Savior. He has to be our Lord. He has to be both. Jesus cannot be one. He cannot be the other. He has to be both. That is how the Bible describes Jesus. That is who He is. He's not who we've made Him. That's a weak Jesus. It's an incomplete Jesus. And, and we're not willing to listen to Him and understand Him, I think, because we've watered Jesus down. Jesus is my Savior. If He was our Lord, if we would just walk in that, we would just start by faith to trust that, to continue in that, 
then I think we would be going to the Word. Then I think we'd be listening to the encouragement amongst us. We'd be praying to God, asking Him, tell us, share with us. We're listening. We want to hear. What would you have me do? What are you calling us out to? How do you want us to respond? What do you want to change in me? What do you want to change in this church? What thinking do you want to transform? We've just listened to one perspective for so long. God, what are you saying to us? Are we willing to listen? That's the question. Is Jesus your Savior and your Lord? We have to consider that. We have to answer that. We have to answer that today. And then tomorrow, we're going to have to consider it and answer it again. And then the next day, we're going to have to answer that, consider it, and answer it again. Next month, we're going to have to consider that and answer it again. When you wake up tomorrow morning, you're going to have to consider that and answer it again. And we answer it as we get to next week. We answer it with our lives. We need to grow up. We need to mature. We need to move from milk to solid food. It's time to get past Jesus just being our Savior. He is our Savior. I love Jesus. Let's worship Him. Let's not forget that. We're not letting go of that. But He's also our Lord. And let's mature and let's walk in that and let's understand that. And let's put Jesus in the place. Let's let Him be in the role in our lives as the Scripture describes as God declares together let's commit to Jesus let's celebrate him as Savior and let's follow him humbly as Lord let's pray Father God I pray that this morning your word would be a conviction to us. It would not be a condemnation to us. Your word is true. Your word is clear about who you are. But you do not condemn us. You are gracious. You are waiting for us. You are available to us. You will provide us strength. Holy Spirit, would you give us strength now to consider this question, to think about what it means for us to continue together by faith and that we would ask this question of ourselves, that we would ask this question of each other, that we would reflect, that we would look at our hearts, that we would consider our lives and ask ourselves, do we believe that you are our Savior and our Lord? Do we show, do we demonstrate that you are our Savior and you are our Lord? God, give us ears to hear. Give us hearts that are willing and ready to listen, that we would be quickened to hear your voice, that we would not neglect it, that we would not be distracted, that it would not just be white noise that we hear going on in the background, that we would stop, that we would focus, that we would clear the environment, that we would consider you, that we would get our eyes off of ourselves, that we put our eyes on you, and that we would listen to you, we'd listen to your voice, your heart. And we'd respond in obedience, just as Jesus responded. It was through obedience that he was made perfect. It's through that obedience as we follow you through suffering to glory that you're going to make us more like you. That we're going to be transformed. 
and the world will see and the world will hear and this neighborhood will be changed this neighborhood will be transformed and you will be lifted high you will be honored if we will just listen if we will just seek to understand and we will respond to you as Savior and as Lord may you be our King in Jesus' name. Amen.